0: My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 670. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well being, is a parent's self understanding. On today's show, we're going to go over a list. I got an email. Uh, I'm on Adam Grant's email list. Sweetie, who's Adam Grant for those? people who don't know who he is
1: he is a researcher of human behavior and a writer he wrote the book think again that came out a year or two ago and he is a professor but i'm trying to remember which school he's at yale or harvard and he's a younger dude
0: right i think he's younger than us i think i feel like he's like well he's got kids and stuff For as much as he has done i am always like oh this guy seems young yeah maybe i'm wrong who knows um I
1: wanted, I wanted to see where he goes to school. Oh, he teaches at Wharton School yeah. of uh, in Pennsylvania.
0: Got it. Um, so I got an email from, and it's titled, Humans Are Fascinating. And he kind of goes over a handful of different reasons why he thinks humans are fascinating. We decided we would use that as our foundation for uh, the podcast
1: today. You can call the show Humans Are
0: Fascinating. Humans Are Fascinating. There you mm-hmm. go. Should we do that? I'm going to sure. write that down. Sure. Sure. Um, but first, uh, Kathy, my wife, had a hard time getting on uh, Zoom. Yeah. And I started saying Zoom. And we used to play this beer drinking game at college called Zoom Schwartz Figliano.
1: Yeah, never a fan.
0: And I decided to see if Google knew about it. And it turns out it does. And then I stumbled across a Wikipedia thing of the different beer, a list of drinking games. And now this is no by no means exhaustive. It's not every, all of them. Okay. Around the World?
1: It sounds familiar.
0: It sounds familiar, but I'm, I might be messing up with basketball.
1: You might be. And we had a, a, in college, my sorority and your fraternity would do an Around the World party. I don't
0: think that's right. Around the World is a card-based drinking game, similar to President. I don't
1: know. Oh, you remember President? No, I don't. Oh my God. The person who was President could dictate what oh, people did? Oh yeah. God,
0: I haven't played that in a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and the next one is called it's in alphabetical order. A-Hole. I don't want to say the actual Yeah, order.
1: we know that that game.
0: Um I would need a refresher on all these, by the way. <laughs> um beer can pyramid. That doesn't sound like much of a game. No, that's dumb. Uh beer helmet. Do you ever put a beer helmet on? No. I remember I during um, a-hole, we had to, had we had to put a case an empty case of beer on our head. Mm-hmm. That was a beer helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh beer mile. That's Mm-mm. beer mile. Mm-mm. Beer mile is a drinking race combining with running and speed drinking. That's not smart. Not smart beer pong. Yeah, we've all heard that. Mm-hmm. Beer darts.
1: Mm-hmm. I was uh, good at darts. Remember?
0: Buffalo. No. Nope. I'm just gonna go to the ones I think I've heard. Flip, okay. Flip cup. Yeah. Goon of fortune. Wonder what that's all about. No idea. Um. Yeah. Keg stand. That's something you do. It's not a drinking game.
1: Well, we kind of that became a joke with my friends because we, you know, for my birthday. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I just my girlfriends from college were coming into town, and so we got a keg, a very small one that we only went half, or no, like one fourth of the way through. Yeah, we haven't had a keg in what twenty years. So More the than, whole point was like yeah, to, but we had jokes that we were going to do keg stands, but we that didn't. would have been awesome. Why didn't we do that? Because I don't really know how to do that. I feel like that's something people do. I in was the all-time
0: champion of keg stands. No, I was. Um, there's another one, and they call it Never Have I Ever.
1: Yes, of course. Which duh. just
0: means I never. Yeah, I never. Um, another one called Pass Out. I wonder what that's, that's all about.
1: probably not a good idea.
0: Pyramid of Fire. Night. Yikes. Uh, Ring of Fire.
1: Wait, didn't we used to play Hot Lava, you yeah, and me? Yeah,
0: but that was more of a little kid game that I decided to carry on into our college years.
1: And then you broke your femur.
0: I did. At least I felt like it. It mm-hmm. really hurt. Mm-hmm. It, it's It's good not to play Hot Lava game... In dress socks on furniture, correct? On like desks, right? It's a little slippery. Yes. Uh, and the one that I that brought me to this was Zoom towards Perfigliano. which
1: I all that game reminds me of is how I would not speak up about not wanting to play it, and now I would.
0: Okay, let's play right after we record this podcast. No, I'm going to speak up and not. Um, not sure why I decided to say that, but I decided to say it anyway. So I, um, I just
1: got kicked out of Zoom. You did? Yeah, but huh. it's going to reconnect, so all is well.
0: All right, good. Um, okay, I, I want to share this. One of our listeners shared this in an email. She said she's listening to Podcast 668, which I guess was two ago. Okay. I'm currently helping my nine-year-old understand and work through her anxiety. It's very challenging to take on her anxiety because I struggle with my own. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. I see a therapist regularly, and my daughter will be evaluated by a child psychologist in a few weeks. Anywho, the reason I'm writing to you is because you keep mentioning the what-ifs in yeah. the episode. I don't remember us mentioning that. But. Yeah,
1: we, we were talking about it like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, we were just discussing that... Uh, we Remember, we did the show with Dr. Dan Yeah, about the what-ifs, anxiety, yeah. fear,
0: Yeah, oh, worry. okay, yeah, got it, got mm-hmm. it. No, I got it. I came up with a mantra to help my daughter and myself, and I wanted to share it with you. I tell my daughter and myself... Let's not focus on the what ifs, but rather what is. Yeah, This brings our minds to the present and will hopefully break the vicious cycle of worrying. Um, and she goes on to say some more stuff. But I just thought that that's really good. Yeah. What is...
1: Yeah. And, and it's a great sentence. I, I was appreciative of that, too, because to say, you know what, um, I, I know you're upset about the what ifs, but let's just focus on what is. Yes. Like it flows and it it's not a lot of information to swallow. And and it just is a shift in perspective. And she's right. Like there's it's not about denial and it's not about, um, you know, trying to explain some big concept. You're just saying, yeah, the what ifs is a thing, but let's just do right now.
0: Um we are doing a walk on September 17th to support Nami. Nami stands for the National Alliance of Mental Illness in downtown Chicago. If any Chicagoans want to join us, I will include the RSVP on the show notes. I hope you've decided to join us and support this amazing organization. Um, and sweetie, maybe you can tell me why I'm playing this song because. Traveler, baby. For some reason, whenever I hear Blues Traveler, it brings me back to college for sure, right? Well,
1: there's, you just said for some reason, as if you don't know what the reason is.
0: For some unknown reason.
1: <laughs> Which is you listen to Blues Traveler in While college.
0: While I was in college.
1: <clears throat> I was actually surprised because we went to see... Uh, the reason you're playing that song is because I used that lyric that you just played in my last Zen Parenting Moment. But we went to see Blues Traveler last week and it was Train, the band Train, Jewel. Everybody knows Jewel. And then Blues Traveler. And, I for and it sure, started
0: with Blues Traveler. Yeah, and
1: I for sure thought Blues Traveler would be second or yeah. would be right before Train, but they were like the opening act. Right. And I forget. I said to Todd, I'm like, you know, the bands that were important to us in college, they play such a, a big role in our minds. Yeah. Like, I still think the samples were huge mm-hmm. and I still think like Delight was huge or the Divinals were huge or you know, Blues Traveler or Matthew Sweet. Like, I think about these artists is that they were huge, but they weren't. Or Told the Wet Sprocket. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Told the Wet Sprocket, and some people don't even know who they it's are. because
0: we were in a Des Moines bubble. Scene.
1: I know. And so there's just this, like... So anyway, I just assumed... But John Popper was awesome. He was. He's the lead singer, and he sounds great, mm-hmm. and he still plays that harmonica. But anyway that was the, I wrote a, uh, last week for my Zen parenting moment, I wrote about optimism. So that quote is from their song, optimistic thought. And I was just writing about the fact that I'm kind of playing with some things in regarding, in regards to optimism of how to be, how to redefine it for myself, um, and find like a comfortable space in the midst of the realities that we're in. Like, how do we stay optimistic when things in reality seem so challenging and, um, I just think one aspect of optimism is recognizing that, you know, it comes full circle, all these things we've been teaching for the last 11 years, Todd, is like the ability to practice self-care, compa- self-compassion, and self-understanding, all those things are important, but they're never the end. They right. are the beginning of how we then can perceive the world, be in relationship, take care of our kids. Like all these things are not the answer they are tools to then practice the answer, mm-hmm. which is to go out there and to to treat people in a way that's um, kind and to connect with our loved ones in a way that's authentic and genuine. So, you know, that was what it was yeah. about.
0: And that's a quick summary of her Zen Parenting moment. Yeah, And it comes out almost every Friday. And if you would like to subscribe to it, you can just scroll down in the show notes and you can subscribe to it free of charge and that's the only way that you can't go to a listing of all the moments.
1: No, I I sometimes post them um I post the link when I put them out on Insta and Facebook, but there's you'd have to like I'm not keeping them somewhere. Like you have to subscribe and yeah. then see it. And also, I something I forgot to mention last week. Maybe I said this, but my book won an award. Um, it won a mom's choice award yes thank you very much congratulations sweetie they you know they they kind of focus on lots of different things like products for children and children's books and um just it's called this mom's choice seal of approval and it just means that it's been recognized as something that's worthwhile and helpful so um this is this falls under their adult book section and they don't have a lot of those so i really appreciated the um the award. Yeah. And so that's it. Well just deserved to that.
0: as far as I'm concerned.
1: Thank you. And if you haven't read my book, um, or you want it, or you want it on Kindle or, um, audio which yep. is kind of my favorite version, um, then just scroll down below and there'll be a link.
0: Um, so on with the main focus, humans are fascinating. And the email that I got from Adam Grant says, one of the highlights of my job is that I get to read up on the latest discoveries on human behavior. Cool. And it counts as work. Learning about new studies brings me joy. But the real fun is nerding out about the results with other people. So I will click, um, I will put a link in the show notes so you can look at it because a lot of them have hyperlinks to them yeah. to kind of help you dig deeper. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to go over probably not all of them. No, some just of them, a few. And riff off of them. Um, so let's do this. Number one, contra- and I might need your help with understanding some sure. of them. So I figured that will be a good thing. Contrary to to popular belief, cooperation has increased over time. Hmm. A meta analysis of over 500 studies across 61 years shows that people are more likely to trust strangers, not less. I believe that. I think it's kind of surprising. Well, Think about it. 50 years ago, you'd think that people would be... um, More trusting.
1: Well, I think it's relative. And this is why I appreciate his research because I think we are now such a global experience Mm -hmm. as humans that we tend to trust people that we meet online. Mm -hmm. We tend to, and, and again, this could go, Yeah, otherwise, this could be to our detriment, too. But, but I think we make contacts with people in, you know, across the world that we may not have been connected to before. And we, you know, do therapy online with people that we may have never met in person. Like, I think we, you know, again, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think we've been kind of forced into a place or eased into a place where we have to
0: trust People. probably because maybe there's more strangers around maybe yeah, back in the old days we
1: we only had our community yeah, right and then we had so much information about them or like I don't know like it, I totally understand why you're saying it's surprising because we seem to have such a jaded viewpoint mm-hmm. on how we feel about people right. But I kind of think of – this is why I really love the work of – you know who I'm talking about, the guy who does all the research that we love and he says the things are actually getting better.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find his oh, name. Yeah,
1: find his name because I think what he points out is everything that people point to in reality like, oh, this is awful or this is awful, all of that is true. Like we can find – Wars and obviously issues with guns and, and inequality, and it's everywhere. Like, there's no denial of the experiences that we read about in the news. Um, but what we always miss, and I feel like again, this is something you and I have been talking about for a decade, is there's all sorts of good things happening too. They're just not newsworthy, right? You know what I mean? They're just not front page material. Um, and so, do I think that things have fallen apart in many ways, especially in our institutions? Yes. Do I think that there are people making a difference who I would like to continue to know more about their leadership and, and be more active in what they're doing? Yes.
0: Um, Sweetie, so the news is not the news. The news is the 10 more stories yeah, of the day. Exactly. Um, number two, there's attacks on willpower. People with high self-control are more likely to get burdened with extra work.
1: High self-control?
0: There's a tax. So if you have willpower, there's a tax on it. People with a lot of self-control are more likely to get burdened with extra work. So what that tells me is have lower self-control and you get to (laughs) skate by.
1: Well, I think the way I'm hearing that, I don't like the word taxed because it makes me think of money.
0: Sweetie, Adam Grant is smart. He knows what he's talking about.
1: Well, I think the way I look at that is people who are capable of like moving forward and trudging through and maybe not needing as much uh support with their emotional well being are going to have more put on them. Yeah. And doesn't that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it does make sense. Yeah. Number three, people who hate magic tricks tend to be <laughs> closed minded, dogmatic jerks or psychopaths. As a magician, this one delighted me. We're on to you, hecklers. So what do you think about magic?
1: Are you you saying you're a magician or Adam Grant's a magician? No, uh, Adam Grant said that. Um, I understand that. And you kind of were not nice about seeing David Copperfield. So I'm wondering if you're a jerk. Uh,
0: I'm definitely not a jerk, Mm -hmm. but I... Psychopath? (laughs) Depends who you ask. (laughs) Uh, I did see David Copperfield. And I just kept thinking to myself, this seems... not." fake like the magic is fake
1: he wasn't inauthentic genuine, this yeah. guy's been
0: doing it for like 40 years
1: and doesn't he like cry during it and stuff uh,
0: it's yeah he kind of tugged on some emotional heartstrings i mean i have no disrespect towards him but it's this is a little bit of a vulnerable share uh the inauthentic nature of things really drives me nuts and back in the college days when we used to um go to gentlemen's clubs i was not Are a you fan saying strip clubs yes okay i was not a fan yeah, because there's nothing real about it. It's transactional. It. I know. They walk the, around. The
1: girls didn't like you, sweetie. No, they
0: did not. <laughs> no, they did not. They're good at making you think. think
1: right. right. Well, yeah. So anyways. um, Let me say this. Um, The other uh, couple weeks ago, uh, David Blaine was on, yeah. or you pulled up a YouTube, and we all love watching David yeah, Blaine. Yeah, well, he's
0: like just an awesome freak.
1: Where he like swallowed that frog and yeah. then spit it up. yeah. And no, he did this whole magic show. And then at the very end, he talked about that a frog is something about a frog. And all of a sudden, he just spit up a frog, a live frog, he had into had a glass in- of water. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. Well, the other
0: good thing about David Blaine is that he does magic, but he also is just this freakish person who can discipline himself. In a way that most human beings can't.
1: Yes. Like his breathing. His
0: breathing underwater yeah. thing that he did on Oprah. Yeah. Didn't he like live in a block of ice for yeah. a certain amount of and time? And
1: what he learns is what's in. He is a magician, mm-hmm. but he is also someone who utilizes his body to like just swallowing the frog. Yeah. He's keeping it somewhere in his body where he's able to regurgitate yeah. it. He like learns how to utilize his body for tricks. It's crazy. because it, So it's not all sleight of hand.
0: Uh, number four, even after controlling for personality and politics, smarter people are more willing to defend civil liberties of people with whom they disagree. Mm,
1: I, yeah, I agree with that.
0: Intolerance of opposing views is literally literally a hobgoblin of small minds.
1: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Is there any question about that one?
0: I guess not. Um, I don't know. I, I know a lot of closed minded smart people, too.
1: I do, too. But again, we have to talk about the word smart. Yeah. Is he talking about emotionally intelligent? Is he talking about IQ points? Is he talking... And the reason why I think that's... Uh, is when I talk to people who are... And I'm going to use the word educated very loosely. Like, I'm not talking about they have to have a certain degree. I'm just talking about people who are well-read, who are willing to be open-minded, who are, like, interested in learning. Mm-hmm. Those people always are questioning, like... What happened to this person, or why do you think this person is taking this this side, or how can this person harm people this way? And they're they're really curious about their. And again, that those are the negative. The other version of this is people who are open minded can also say and this is a more positive way of looking at it, what is it that these people, whatever these people, you know, what, yeah. whatever, if we're talking about politics or or if we're talking about, um, you know, different sides of, of an issue, is what is it that they're trying to achieve? And, and can I see that basically they want the same things I do? Yeah. They're just going about it in a different way. So I think that our ability to be rational in our thinking and be, I don't know if the word's compassionate or just open-minded. Curious. curious That's the word. Curious. Yeah. Why do other people do what they do rather than there's good people and there's bad people? Because yeah, cu- that's too simplistic. I think curiosity
0: is an undervalued yes. word and practice. Yes, for sure. Including myself. Like I, there's probably times when I should be curious and I'm not. Mm. Closed off. Number five, in negotiations, even children as young as five... Realize the possibility of win win and look for ways to expand the pie. Mm. Yeah, so you would think traditional thought would be a five year old mm-hmm.
1: is Wants still very self centered.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's not always the truth. That was a surprising one.
1: Well, the reason it's not surprising, I, I guess, if you would have offered the question, "Can a five-year-old want to win?" Win, I don't, I don't know exactly what I would have said. But mm-hmm. when I think about it, you know, I used a long time ago. I used to be a kindergarten teacher, and I've obviously worked with young kids and had young kids, and they're very empathetic and lovely. Mm-hmm. Like there's kids who. You know, if they see that one kid, like their pencil broke or whatever, they'll walk over and give them their pencil. You know, there's kids who, if one kid is crying, they'll come sit by them and put their arm around them. So I think they desire harmony, just like everybody else does.
0: This contradicts Steve Martin's role in the movie Parenthood, when they're in the counselor's office. Yeah. And he says something like, because they're going to send Kevin to a different school. Right. And Steve Martin stands up and- Grandstands, he's like, people are cruel, especially children.
1: Well, and Remember people that? say that. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing let's go nuanced here. Children don't have as much of a filter. Yeah. So children who have strong feelings may be more likely to say something very unfiltered because they don't know the repercussions sure. or consequences of what they're about to say. They're just being honest. What adults learn to do is have feelings and judgments and temper them or or think to themselves, is this I'm I'm my being reactive? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think kids they may regret saying it later. Yeah. So I don't know if kids are necessarily cruel.
0: They're just unfiltered. Well, all these are generalizations too. There's plenty of cruel children. There's plenty of cruel adults. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of nice children. There's plenty of nice adults. And most of us are somewhere in between.
1: Yeah. So when you say a statement like, not you didn't say it, but in parenthood, when he's like, children are cruel, absolutely not true. Children can be cruel. Right.
0: Same way Mm grownups can be cruel. Of course. Number six, uh, being interrupted is distracting and frustrating. Totes. But it comes with a silver lining. It creates a space, a sense of belonging. When someone barges into your office or, in, or your inbox, it might feel disrespectful, but it's also a sign that they rely on you.
1: Yeah, I can see it.
0: Whatever, that doesn't really do much for me. I'm going to cross that one out. <laughs> Number seven, some teachers are biased toward boys. Yeah. Others give better grades to girls. True. But the best teachers show no gender bias. I, obviously. Yeah, that's an obvious. I'm going to cross that one out too. But
1: I do, you know... That's
0: Captain Obvious right there. Yeah, being a
1: teacher myself and also having children and everything there, you do know that there are biases and kids tend to know too. Like, remember in elementary school when certain parents would be like, oh, they really, Mm -hmm. they, she really likes to have boys in her class or she really focuses on the boys. I remember hearing stuff like that all the time. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of that is just based on their own history, you know, and... They could probably point to reasons why they do what they do. Yeah, um, but for the most—can I say for the most part? Good teachers. I love teachers, so I don't want that to be like the last thing I say. I think most teachers do their very best to not be to not focus on gender as a reason for why kids get what they
0: get. Yeah, with you. Number eight. Most of our lies are to protect or promote ourselves, but. About 10% are to help others or make them laugh.
1: Oh, for sure. Oh my God. I have such a history of like putting Sweetie. myself down or like lying about things I knew or didn't know to make the other person feel better. Mm. Oh my God. Got it. I, So
0: self-depreciating Yes, eyes.
1: Or like things like, and I've told you this before because I don't do this anymore, where people would tell me something that I already knew. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, that's so interesting. Thanks for sharing. And I already knew it. Yeah. Gross. That's when
0: you played small.
1: Oh, gross. But so I believe
0: that. Number nine, discrimination claims are less likely to be believed when they come from black women than white women or black men. I believe that. Black women also end up getting lower financial remedies than white women, but more than black men.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Black women also end up getting lower financial remedies than white women, but more than black men. So basically- So black men are the lowest on this totem pole that we're talking No,
1: because they said black women are believed less than black men and white women. Mm-hmm. That was the first sentence. Yeah. But then black women may receive more remedies than a black man. Got more. it. So I believe that. I think we've seen that in, you know, do you remember last summer with uh, Gabby mm-hmm. um, when I think that's how you say her name, when she was missing. And yeah. unfortunately, it turns out that her boyfriend had yeah. killed her. Um, but we were just talking about how many indigenous women were missing, how many black girls were missing, how many black women were missing. And we cared
0: more because this was a white woman. Yeah, it
1: was a white woman. Yeah. yeah.
0: I remember that. Mm-hmm. Number 10, NBA players who had abusive coaches were more likely to commit technical fouls and ultimately performed worse over time.
1: Same with parenting.
0: Yeah. How would you rephrase that in a parenting, through a parenting lens?
1: I think when we are authoritarian, um, or let me take it to an extreme, abusive in the way that we talk to our kids, we yell at them, we threaten them, we try and scare them. I think we may see some kind of, and I'm putting this in air quotes, result in that their behavior changes. But then that internalized discomfort or aggression is going to come out toward other people. For sure. So they're basically learning how to be in relationship by either shrinking themselves or being aggressive or assertive, or not assertive aggressive toward other people.
0: Sweetie, my mantra,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I don't think it's mine. I think I stole it from somebody okay. that you've heard me say a million times. Okay. Discussion over discipline. Mm-hmm. How many timeouts have we put our kids in?
1: Or you know what? With discipline... Again, it's all about the, we know the definition is to teach. Yeah. So if you have a, a real definition of discipline, which is to teach, right. then discussion is the same.
0: But the connotation of what discipline yes, means in that's, our culture. It's more
1: punitive in our culture.
0: Yes. Um, okay. Number 11, we underestimate how interested other people are. I like this one. We underestimate how how interested other people are in deep conversations, not just friends, but acquaintances and strangers too. We underestimate how interested other people are. Yeah, I can get that small talk. He says, yeah, I can get that small talk can be a bridge to deep talk, but I can't stand wasting time on the weather when we could be diving into the ultimate question of life, universe and everything. Totally. My god. Yeah, so we underestimate- Small talk's dumb. Small talk is dumb. It's dumb.
1: And there are times because we've learned socially that we have to use it. I mean, how many times have I been taking a walk and someone's like, beautiful day, isn't it? I'm like, it is beautiful. I heard it's going to be great this week. And they'll be like, yeah, I heard the same thing. I mean, small talk is connective in some ways because it allows us to interact in in a quick way. But when we are sitting with people that we know well, or we're actually given an opportunity to have a long form conversation with someone and we choose small talk-
0: Mm -hmm. Ugh. Talk about taxing.
1: It's exhausting, it's exhausting for me. Like I, you know, when people may think, but a deep talk is exhausting, but in all the right ways. I would
0: say a deep talk is exhilarating.
1: exhilarating. But it can be tiring. Of course. You know, like I, for people who come home and feel tired after a deep talk, I get that. But I also feel like it's growth- enhancing mm-hmm. it is it builds intimacy I think it's just more real
0: well and I don't know what Adam Grant meant by this one but I would equate depth with vulnerability yeah. which he may not have said yeah and I've been in so many conversations with guys and they'll say something like yeah I like him but he's just he's not it's always shallow mm-hmm. and my response always to that man is Somebody's got to make the first yeah, move. Yeah, someone's
1: got to take, take the deep dive. Somebody's got to
0: take the deep dive. So if we're waiting mm-hmm. for depth and for it to originate from the person that we're across from, we might be waiting the rest of our lives.
1: Well, and I will also say that there are times because I, I don't like small talk that I do deep dives with people and they don't want to reciprocate. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that I want like secrets from them, but I can tell they're uncomfortable with where I'm going. And I'm not trying to, elicit information from them. I'm not trying to share something that I think is a burden, Um, but I'm just trying to be real. And a lot of times that's not, and and, and they're not wrong. Like they have every right to be like, that's not where I want to go
0: today. Well, I think safety is the key. Mm -hmm. And somebody is not going to be deep or vulnerable unless they feel safe.
1: True. Okay. And that safety may not be because of the person in front of them. It just, could be because of their history. It and could their be so many different things. Right.
0: The thing is, and I've said this story on this podcast a million times, and I'm going to say it one more time. I did a daddy daughter princess thing at the YMCA, some YMCA camp, and I kept going year after year, and I hated it because it was a bunch of dads talking about sports and work. And one day I decided to go, and I'm like, I'm just going to jump in with vulnerability. And although some men kind of ran away scared when I was honest and vulnerable with some of my own shares, most guys met me right where I was. And um, that was a really powerful lesson for me is because I was waiting for the first few years for... Somebody else to start.
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing. That's almost like what we ask our kids to do. Our kids may say, Oh, I don't have a lot of friends or I'm not active in a lot of things. And we'll be like, Go out there and make a friend and go out there and tell someone, you know, do this or that. And we're like, Really, we push our kids to do things we don't even do. Right. So then I want to say to that parent, How often do you go out and make a friend? Yes. You know, like we're very. Hard on our kids about how they should socialize, and I think they have more pressure because going back to kids, you know, kids, preteens, and teens can be not as um, kind when when well, people sweetie, try to be in
0: number five. It says even. Oh, the where's the cruel one? I forget which one was... Oh, that's when I started talking about Parenthood, the yeah, movie. Yeah,
1: we already, we already talked about... And again, I'm not saying kids are cruel or teens are cruel. I don't feel that way at all. But sometimes they're a little more apt to make fun yeah. or to think you're different or whatever. It just... it, You know, I still say take the risk, you know, because I think... You and I were just talking about this today at the, at the endodentist? Endodentist. endodentist. Endodontist? Yeah. Endodontist, not dentist.
0: Endo. Dentist. No,
1: it's dontist.
0: Endist.
1: Oh my god. We were trying to figure out it said it on the wall and we were trying to spell it out. And if you
0: You if, don't spell it, son, you eat it.
1: It's endodontist.
0: Endodontic.
1: Endo well that's right. But we but the person is an endodontist. Dontist. That's what I said. My daughter had uh, we've we've had a crazy summer. We we've probably been to immediate care more this summer than I have in my entire life. Yeah, And we just got home from this awesome trip to Seattle that we love, that we do every year. And right when we got home, my daughter's tooth started hurting. I don't mean hurt. I mean like cannot tolerate the pain hurt. Yeah,
0: like vibrate pain.
1: Facial, if anyone's had teeth issues, and she's never had teeth issues, but we were at first like, eh, what do you want us to do? Take some Advil. And then she was like, "Oh no, no! You don't
0: understand." Yeah, no, this is serious.
1: And it turns out she has a dead nerve.
0: Yeah, she needed anyway, a root canal, but she spent a whole night
1: in that pain.
0: In that pain, we were up all she night. She pulled out. She pulled off her first all nighter. You and I got to s- split duties. Oh,
1: yeah, well, we I slept for a little bit, then got up, and then we traded. And
0: that poor kid was up all night in pain, it writhing. Was awful.
1: So. Taken care of because we found a fantastic endodontist who who got her in, but we just kept playing with that word. Yeah, because there's orthodontist, which I'm used to. Yeah, endodontist was new to me.
0: Thank you, Doctor Shea. Thank you. Um, Okay, number twelve. Creating a single opportunity can be enough to elevate people out of poverty. When people in extreme poverty in Bangladesh were randomly assigned to receive cows, over the next decade they were able to accumulate assets and start businesses the gains far exceed the costs. Yeah. It reminds me of Kiva. I got a Kiva account. Yeah. You know what Kiva is, sweetie? I do
1: remember Kiva. We used to donate all the time. Do we still have money in Kiva? We do. It gets like moved around. Yeah, we
0: keep mm-hmm. reloaning people. It's mm-hmm. a U.S. nonprofit fueled by passionate people founded in 2005. And the idea is you get all these people that are looking for a loan in third world countries, and you loan, loan them, them money, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, and then they pay you back.
1: And then you I have that never
0: not gotten paid back.
1: Neither. And you leave the money there and then you loan it to the next person. Yeah. So the money just keeps cycling. So, so it's it, not charity. Put it's Put that microfinance. link. Uh, oh, Kiva? Uh, yeah. All right. I think it's kiva.com, but it's put Kiva. the link dot below. Org. Dot org. Yeah.
0: Kiva.org. All right. Next one. Okay. Uh, we're only doing three more. Okay. Women don't view competition as more costly than men, they see it as less beneficial. Highlighting the potential upsides of competition can help to reduce gender gaps in competitive situation. I don't get it. I don't get it either. So women don't view competition as more costly than men. They see it as less beneficial. So they, women think there's less benefits to being competitive. The second sentence is what's confusing me. Highlighting the potential upsides of competition can help to reduce gender gaps in competitive situations.
1: So basically, I was viewing the first sentence like, women don't see competition as that necessary. And I was looking at it through the lens of like politics and stuff like that, where women do have an understanding of both sides, and they don't need to be winners all the time. They can just say, let's have a win-win. But what Adam Grant is saying is that that we should also highlight the benefits of competition to make it not such a difference between genders or
0: all genders. So can I assume then that Adam Grant thinks competition is good? Yeah,
1: and I think most people do. I think that there is a, um, except for Alfie Cohn.
0: Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, he's, We got to do a little discussion Well, you did. That.
1: I didn't necessarily disagree with him. Alfie Cohn was
0: just saying that competition is bad. and I'm We like, had him
1: on our show. But
0: yeah, I'm like, but... I don't know if he's a doctor or what, but Mr. Cone, I play basketball with my friends. And if we didn't keep score, it would be less fun and all that. And he quickly is like, nope, even that.
1: Well, and because you still can play basketball without having a winner or loser. And I'm saying
0: it's less fun. I'll try less hard because well, of it.
1: And I think that's what Adam Grant would probably say is that it drives motivation. Mm-hmm. It, you know, increases teamwork. Yeah. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of reasons. And that's the thing is like, this is where, again, we have to live in the gray of that there's benefits. And it, if it goes too far, too extreme, it can also cause a lot of problems.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, last one. Last one. The opposite of denying science isn't trust, it's curiosity. It, the opposite of denying... The way he... Re, I know. He's like Mr. Smarty Farty. you just like say it with more clarity? The opposite of denying science isn't trust, it's curiosity. People who seek out knowledge for the sheer pleasure of learning and enjoy being surprised by new discoveries are less prone to confirmation bias and motivated reasoning.
1: Okay. So I get it. What like, the,
0: what's he saying there? So
1: what he's saying is a lot of times we say we have science deniers or people who trust. Mm-hmm. And he's saying those are not the opposites. It's kind of like... It love and hate. What is it? Where indifference is the opposite. What's the Yeah, other the way say?
0: opposite of love isn't hate. It's indifference. It's
1: indifference. And so it's kind of that kind of vibe where it's like there is denying science, but the opposite of it isn't blind faith. Yeah, it's curiosity. curiosity.
0: Got it. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. All right. So those were all fourteen. We just tore through them. Well,
1: those were those were more interesting than I thought they'd be.
0: Um... I'm going to just talk about Team Zen real quick. Sure, go ahead. Uh, We just, we have one tomorrow at one o'clock. Awesome. Wednesday. So if you want to get on with Kathy and I and experience a bunch of amazing other parents who lean on each other for support, please join us.
1: Well, and one thing I will say is like all summer, all year round, but a lot this summer, I got a lot of emails from people who are looking for therapy or... Wanted to do a one on one session with me. And I, what I always say is join Team Zen because that's where Todd and I are. Um, you can ask your individual questions and you also have community. Um, so it's like if you really want to have conversations with us, we're there.
0: Oh, and there may be a new micro community. We have one oh, mi- yeah. ongoing micro community, which is uh, parents of differently wired children. Yeah. There may be a second one coming out of. Parents who are struggling with separation and divorce or, or have just going gone through, through it.
1: it. Yeah. They don't have to be struggling necessarily. Right.
0: Um, so that is something that might be in the works. Yeah. It depends on the other uh, teams zen members, see if they want to join. But I think there's three or four that want to do it. So anyways, yeah. uh, hope you decide to check that out. we would love to see you tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock. I'll, yeah. you sign up, just go to our website, uh, ZenParentingRadio.com. And don't forget about Men Living, which is a men's group I'm the executive director of. Don't forget about Kathy's book, Zen, Zen Parenting, Parenting Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World.
1: And I have a few, um, I have a podcast that just can't, well, don't worry about
0: it. I'll, I'll put it on my newsletter. And then uh, Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald-headed beauty. He uh, paints and he remodels throughout the Chicagoland area. And uh, his phone number is 630-956-1800. Check him out. Um, And then I guess until next week, we will bid you all adieu.
1: Everybody have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. We love you. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a
0: five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen. Pre ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at ZenParentingRadio.com.
1: If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.